home automation, smart light bulbs, Google Homes, and Echoes. There's so much interconnectivity, but how does it actually all tie together and what's in it for developers like us? We talk about all this and more on this week's Merge Conflict. Frank, I bought something. You always buy something. It's my favorite way to start an episode, to be honest with you. Every week you're buying something. Is it a Nintendo something? It's not a Nintendo something. Uh, Some new Nintendo stuff launched. Um, I needed to pick myself up this week. uh, So I finally got my Google Home, my my Dingus Home. Oh, I (laughs) saw that. That was one of the pre-summer announcements, right? The, The new Google Dingus that, what, automates your toothbrushing? Yeah, I mean, it can automate technically anything you want, or so I thought. Uh, you, you know, the idea here is that this uh, dingus is like the echo. It's like uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to use uh, Marilyn Man um, <laughs> phrases on the entire podcast. I think uh, we can totally not trigger anything. It'll work. Yeah, we don't want to, our attempt in this episode where I think we failed in the bot episode is that we probably triggered we everybody. Really did. I apologize to everyone for saying the word that starts with a. Yeah, so we're going to go with the Echo uh, and then the Google Home, which also will not trigger anything. And then any of these kind of these kind of home listening devices. And that's what the Google Home is. It listens for OK Dingus and then it, it will um, listen to what you're saying and you can ask mm-hmm. it questions. Uh, and, and it's powered. It, it, it's got a lot of flaws. So I don't want to go into the device at all. But I want to talk about the concepts because I got really excited right away. And I said, oh, my goodness, like this dingus can basically do anything. Or so I thought I connected it to my Google account. I connected it to my um, my, my Gmail account. And then I so Google discussed Music. before it has all your information, has all your email. It knows everything about you. There's that mm-hmm. movie Her out there. So you're expecting yep. that, right? The home AI. Exactly. It, the, home, the home AI. And, 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 and it actually works pretty well. I could say, OK, dingus, uh, play Sia on my TV. And it knows that I have an Android TV and it will start okay. playing music. It'll start playing the video or whatever video I specify. Yeah. And I, then I got excited because, well, that's cool. That's not automation. That's kind of body. And we talked about mm-hmm. bots. That, that's really body. Essentially, is that you're talking to something and it can do something conversational user interfaces. But I actually bought the the Google Home for one reason mm-hmm. uh, is that I wanted to say, OK, Dingus, turn on my camera. Um, your camera my uh, camera are we my, talking about a security camera pointed outside into the dark alley what are we talking yes so in in the house we have a uh a nest camera okay and currently uh that applic- that thing has a ha- has an app right and in the app you can turn on and off manually you can also let the application do geolocation tracking on all of your family members, and then it will be smart enough to turn on and off your camera. We don't do that. It's a little creepy. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to have first, uh, you know, I thought maybe I'll have like a little thing I can tap to turn it on and off from afar. Or I thought talking to it would be nice, kind of automating that process of when I leave, come in and out of the house. Yeah, that sounds simple enough. This should all be baked in, right? I assume that like HomeKit supports this and uh, the Echo would support this. Yeah. So are you leading us, are you leading us? Is this going to work? I can't wait. Well, it doesn't work. That's the problem. Oh. So because I got really excited because I said, well, I can automate this. And then what if I automate my lights and I automate, like start connecting more devices to this thing. And, and the yeah. problem that I ran into is that the Nest uh, learning uh, has APIs. The Nest th- has thermostats. It has cameras and built into the home 
um, application, you can automate the thermostat. You cannot automate the camera. So then I said, ooh, maybe there's an API. I went into the developer's mind. And I said, ooh, maybe I there's an API. Because is it possible? That's the first question. It's like, is it possible? Right, without tearing apart the circuit board. Because there's exactly. always a way. And of course, there is an API. There's literally an API that tells that you can turn it on and off. So I said, ooh, I will then automate something else. I'll use if this, then that. And I will then automate. Uh, and I'll say, okay, dingus. And then turn on and off the API. Well, the Nest if this then that plugin does not have the drop camera APIs available. So this happens in every discussion I have with home AI. Home AI. Anytime you try to go beyond the simple step of the bot AI of uh, turn the lights on, anytime you could try to go beyond that to something like blink the lights or do something sophisticated, it all falls apart because yes, they have APIs, but no one wants to write clients for them. So then we all try to use if this, then that, and that thing turns out to be terribly limited. Exactly. It's super limited. And I go, all right, maybe I'll just write like a web server and I'll hit this end server that will literally turn mm-hmm. on and off my mm-hmm. camera. And then I was like, no, like this seems, no. I'm not going to do that. No, it but seems you terrible. But you do presentation all the time in your, uh, in your real life where you're talking about Azure functions and how easy it is to put up a web service. You weren't willing yeah, to I go just, there? I don't, I don't know. It I just seems like, to. Okay. seems like too much, but then I still got excited. So I, I hopped into our, our homeowners. I don't even know why. I think it's homeowners or is it home automation Slack channel at, at Xamarin and uh-huh. Everyone like Clancy and John Dick and like everyone's like really excited. And I go, okay, well, maybe I'll just start automating some other things. Like it'd be really nice that, you know, at certain times of day or in the morning, the lights kind of come on or off or, you know, right now we don't have any smart light bulbs. We don't have anything smart. I got rid of all my Philip Hughes things and I go, you did. what? what's the November 2016 dating this episode? What's the end of 2016? How far have we come? And not all- very far. <laughs> Not very far and even more confusing than ever. Well, I I have to ask you, so you got rid of your Philips bulbs. Did you replace them with anything? So I didn't have Philips bulbs. I had Philips, the meat, the little, the big things. I have no idea what that is. So they have like, they have like these, um, these big orbs that you can buy that'll change colors and whatnot. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, and that was connected to the Philips Hughes base. And then that was connected to your Wi-Fi. So it was like five mm-hmm. things connected up. And I go, you know what, can I just get like a light bulb that is connected? And then everyone said, no, you don't want light bulbs. You want dimmer switches. And oh, then, then oh. they said, you, well, you need to still connect that to something. So what you're going to need is a smart things hub. And then you're yes. going to want Clancy's API so you can automate <laughs> it yourself. And I go, no, I don't want to do any of this. Yes, <laughs> yes, but you have to. This is exactly the route I went down. Uh, I simply came to the conclusion that if you want cheap light bulbs, you can get them. But the trick is actually to diversify a bit. I have um, cheap bulbs, plus I have some switches, and I have one dimmer. And so this can be done. Yes, you have to buy a hub. It doesn't have to be the SmartThings hubs. There are other ones. I use this one called the Wink Hub. It's a little cheap one you can get for 50 bucks. And so you can do this all relatively cheaply and without too much pain. They take a little while to set up, but it's not too bad. So I think you're dramatizing it a tiny bit. Well, probably a little bit. 
But am I am I even talking home automation at this time, or am I just thinking? No, no, no. We're we're building the nervous system of an animal. The animal being our house, right? You got it. You got to connect everything first, and that's all that we're accomplishing. Unfortunately, as you discovered, everything's got its own API. Nothing talks to anything else. But somehow we got to get through all that and build up all these connections. So does that mean as a developer now, am I, are developers the only ones that are able to smartify our house? I mean, uh, there's... No. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Please continue. You just made me really depressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine one day, like what I would love to do is, um, you know, bring this out to the masses. I mean, I think that's the idea. Like when you go on the Amazon webpage and you go to Smart Home, their Smart Home is around the the Amazon Echo. Oh. The, yes. Oh my goodness! Like, you they out. put the they put the a word all over that website. By the way, <laughs> um, don't say it. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so it's automation in the sense that I can sit my butt on the couch and get the house to do things. It's not automated in the sense that I have to tell it every command what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets to be everyone's frustrating point the moment they have one of these. Immediately, I want to say, "Hey, dingus." turn the lights on at 3 p.m., make them blink for a half hour, and then dim them, and then turn them off at 9 p.m. Like, why can't I just give that script to these devices? Yeah, correct. Like, I'm making something in the oven, and I say, okay, okay, dingus, um, set an alarm for seven minutes, and then turn the stove down to 400 degrees. Oh, that's the future. That's crazy, right? Or, or better yet, it knows what I'm cooking and it just does it. Boom, mind blown. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, but we got to talk like five and ten year increments. So I don't think we'll get that until well, I'll be dead. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, so you brought up the good point. Yeah, it's it's rudimentary right now. Uh, do you want to get back to? Is it just programmers? Do you know any alternatives? What's are there any alternatives to if this then that? Um, I mean, that's the easiest. I mean, I think from a, you still got to connect a bunch of things together, right? That's the, yeah, you're going to need your hub. You're going to need some form of home kit. What does Google call their home kit? That's the Google assistant. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole AI though. That's cool. So it just integrates with devices. Yeah. That just, it does that with, with the devices. Yeah. My, um, my buddies, uh, over at the digital media zone, they have an app called homeboy, homeboycontrol.com. And they, they kind of set out to do this where they have like favorites, devices, scenes. It works a lot with the Insteon, um, devices that are out there, essentially mm-hmm. by an Insteon hub in, in the right. smart home area and connect things together. Um, but to me, it's just it's just kind of confusing. You have like all these. I mean, it's kind of cool that they built this, right? So they have a scene such as watch movie, and then it 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 takes all the lights. This is more to light automation, yeah. so it takes all the lights and then dims everything for you, and and, and does this here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just an app that they built based on these APIs. Like, like that's what's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you so can do you gotta, time element. Yeah, I still don't feel like that's automated enough. That feels like now I'm just grouping together a bunch of commands. Yeah, so when you, you when, when you say home automation, what is home automation to Frank? Well, okay, I'm a little bit spoiled because during our meetups, we got to meet a very interesting person, uh, Ian Mercer, who lives around Seattle here. And he was describing his home to me. And this thing is amazing. It is, number one, covered in sensors, all connected to each other. It's a very large nervous system. 
And then B, he's got a very nice, sophisticated software running on top of it that has features that I absolutely... Okay, maybe the features are basic, but you can extrapolate from them. So someone drives up on his driveway. There are pressure sensors in his driveway. That triggers something saying, ah, someone might be coming to the door. So it turns on the front, um, the door light. It might even like open up the entryway if it can recognize what car it is. I don't know if he's got things like that, but it has smartphone detection. So it knows when you join the Wi-Fi network, that triggers events saying, oh, you must be in the house now. So it does know that you're in the house. It'll start turning on other things. So it's that whole chain reaction. It's the intelligence part that I want. If we have to sit down and write every single one of those triggers ourselves, we'll go kind of insane, right? We can't do that. I don't think so. And I think, well, I think that's why the dinguses uh, are the initial step to home automation because anyone can say, okay, dingus, and then it works. My problem yeah. is that when I say, okay, dingus, the dingus doesn't know who I am. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely an issue. What, what's that joke? You get the, um, the, the automated door lock thing. And then all you have to do is like walk up to a window and scream in, uh, Hey dingus, unlock the door. <laughs> you can do that today. If you, if you knew, if, if you just came down, so that's the, the even scary part is, is you could probably be outside my door and you could, you could yell, okay, dingus. And you think then it would work. Have you tried? Well, we tried from like the bedroom and, and it didn't pick it up from there. Okay. Um, but, but I'm, I'm sure it's someone who really wanted to get in. I didn't want to go out into my hallway and start yelling. Um, <laughs> you know, like a mad person. I thought about it, but For sure. uh, okay. yeah, I mean, and then even still, I think that if you were to, there's nothing really connected too much where the dingus would, would get into trouble. So maybe I don't want my house to be too smart at this point, right? I'm not in the middle of the woods well, or something. Yeah, where we're no just one's kind around. of in the, I, I see we're at like the turn of the century, like steampunk era. Like we invented steam and now we're just trying it on things. We we, we got to try everything. And eventually we'll, we'll have better security protocols. Yeah. Well, it seems like as developers, you talk about triggers. And I think that that's really important because triggers are how I wrap my mind around application automation in general. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, the easiest trigger is going to be that I can think of as time of day, location of me, and then voice, right? The voice conversational triggers that you have. Um, But, you you know, I kind of want things to be smart enough if I'm going into movie mode, I'm like putting a Blu-ray into my Xbox that my Xbox could then talk to something. You know, it blows mm-hmm. my mind. I, I've been using a Logitech Harmony for years to automate my, 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 my entertainment system. And it's automated enough that there's a trigger. It says, what do you want to do? And it says, I want to watch Android TV. I want to play Xbox. And then it turns on every single thing that it needs. It switches inputs. It puts everything in the correct area. And, um, it just knows. It just knows yeah. how to do that. But there's still that input. Like I want things to almost be a little bit smarter where it's like, hey, James is there's a sensor. It's like, hey, I am getting close to my Xbox. So turn on the Xbox. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but that'd be cool. Yep. Yep. Um, so did, sorry, so when you, just, you, when you, you learned triggered about, another thought. Yeah. Well, when you learned about Ian, Ian's house, is that kind of how we did it? Is it, is it that we need to not only just pair these devices, we have the devices, we've talked about the dinguses, we've talked about the smart lights, the dimmers. Is it these other IOT devices that we, that we're lacking, right? Is it the motion sensors? Is it the light sensors? Are, are these things that we need to, to buy? Are we have to IOT everything? And if we do IOT everything, does that, like, how is anyone, how are my parents going to be able to figure that out? No, I don't think we'll have to IOT everything. I think eventually uh, Google will mine your email and actually figure out actually all your life patterns and things like yeah. that. 
So yeah. they'll be able to make predictions that way. I don't think we'll have to have like biosensors in us, not for at least a couple hundred years. Yeah. Well, Google knows. But Google we, knows we, when I'm on a flight <laughs> or when I'm around or when I'm plugged into the internet. Look at my network traffic. Am I at home? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just going to go back to, for me, it's the scriptability. I just want to, I want to build up a database basically by talking to these devices, going back to conversational UIs. It's, I just want to be able to say to it, Hey, on Tuesdays, really dim the lights. I'm not in the mood or I don't know, you know, whenever I get an email from this person, <laughs> start flashing all the lights. I just want to be yeah. able to do it that way. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, if you're going into that movie mode, like I gave the example, like, okay, I'm getting closer to my Xbox, but what if my Google Home was connected somehow and it knew my Xbox and my Xbox could 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 tell like, oh, James put in a Blu-ray and then it, it, it puts everything else on. Or, you are really obsessed about this media experience. I've never actually even considered it. That's why I'm a little dumbfounded when you give these examples. Well, so I think, but, uh, I think, I think about this. I think about, hey... When I think about automation, I think about, well, I'm watching a movie, so I want notifications to be turned off. I want my phone's notifications. Mm -hmm. I want the lights to be dimmed. I yeah. want back accents to be on. I want, um, you know, other things that may make noise. I want them to be off is kind of my mm -hmm. thought process here. And there's a whole lot of work. Like, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time in front of the television. That's that's an experience that could be automated when you get up and you get down, things like that. But I also want things to be automated in a way where I wake up in the morning. Why do I even have to say, okay, dingus, what's the weather right now? And why can't the dingus just tell me? Because I ask the dingus that every single yeah. day. Well, I want the so. future home that, you know, like slowly opens the shades, starts playing a Bach concerto to wake you up, measures your pulse to make sure it's being done softly. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, then we can just fly around on chairs like in Wally. -E. <laughs> well, I want to say one thing that's kind of nice today is that there are some APIs that do this in, in some SDKs, and you've been playing around with it, but I think that we should take yeah. a, a second to uh, to have a few words from our friends. Ooh. How do you feel about I that? I love this part. I can't wait. Because, you know, when we talk about home automation, it really spawns off the idea of my day-to-day -day automating builds, right? I commit some code. What do I want that code to do, Frank? I want it to be built and I want it to be delivered. And you do not want to click the buttons because that is tedious, error prone, and gosh, it just, yeah, tedious. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you know that there's our good friends that actually do this called BitRise? You've heard of BitRise? I use BitRise every day. I love BitRise. I love BitRise. They're basically everything that you need to automate your mobile apps, DevOps pipeline, right? Continuous integration, continuous delivery. But what's actually interesting about this is that it helps you automate your builds, testing, deployments, because what they do here, Frank, is that they have dozens of, of integrations to your favorite services. Uh, now, you these, say dozens, but I would have said hundreds or thousands because the list seems so large whenever you look at it. Correct. And, and they're open source and you can create your own. So you build these workflows. So you say, hey, every time I commit code, build up this project, sign it, bump version numbers, send it to Hockey App, do whatever I want. Additionally, hey, hey, turn on my light bulbs. Hey, build <laughs> failed, make it red. You can do that. You can do that, Frank. Um, and you build these workflows. So you can say what, what branch, whatever you want to do, and you're building this workflow almost like the house that we want to automate. BitRise already did it, but for your mobile apps. Better yet, Frank, can you believe it works on iOS, Android, and all your Xamarin apps? And it takes just minutes to set up an automation. I wish that home automation could be that easy, but it's not. Even better, Frank, there's a special coupon code for our listeners. Can you believe that? 
Uh, that's exciting because I love to try new services, but I'm always a little uh, ten, uh, a little worried about them. But having a coupon code, I just go in hog wild. I mean, they have a whole free trial. Highly recommend trying it out. They have free builds, even more than a free trial. They have a free account. You get like 10 minute builds, all this great stuff. There's a pro plan. That's what I pay for currently. If you visit bitrise.io slash merge conflict and use coupon code resolve hyphen conflict, funny guys over there, resolve conflict um, at <laughs> checkout. You'll find it when you go to bitrise.io slash merge conflict. Enter that promo code $25 off your pro plan. Check them out. Bitrise.io slash merge conflict. Thank you, BitRise. Yeah, thanks, BitRise. So how come we can't automate our homes like BitRise has automated our builds now Man, that I've gone I, through that? God, I was a little distracted during uh, that little ad there because I was just thinking I want my house to blink red and green right now because I really <laughs> don't know the status of my builds. So you're really, gosh, darn it. Yeah, we got to get some. Uh, do they have actual home automation integrations, BitRise? They do. They do. They actually have like Hue integration. I did this really cool hack at Evolve <laughs> where I actually did that. I, I I essentially said whenever the build fails or is successful, blink my yeah. lights or turn my lights green. I've, I've seen this on the internet. I think I even saw yeah. the Xamarin office had Christmas lights or something at some point. But it, in the olden days, that meant hacking an Arduino, getting it on the Wi-Fi, writing a server, so much stuff. But I... I so that's the future. We're going to have a million silos with a million APIs, and we just hope that some of them talk to each other. Yeah, and in this hopefully. case, integrations. That's what we call them, right? Integrations. Well, and I think that you have built some integrations. Clancy have messed around with some of these <laughs> APIs. Uh, and what, what did that look like for you? Like if, let's say, all right, wow. so let's say nothing, you want to do some stuff, but it doesn't work out of the box. So it's like, all right, yeah. now you got to do some work. What do you got to do? Uh, I've I've gone a few places, so I'll just throw a couple out and we'll see where we go. Um, the part that I really want to talk about is this little uh, chatbot <laughs> API that I've built. It's kind of harkening back to our bot, bot episode, but I was really desperate to be able to have a more conversational bot, one that could carry on um, more than the standard pat, hey, dingus, do this, and then the dingus responds. I wanted to have... Um, branching conversations, uh, conditionals, loops. I wanted to be able to talk uh, a little more fluently with the bot. So I built an API to do that. Hopefully I'll release it at some point, just saying. Saying this so that I actually get off my butt and actually release it. So I'm really excited about that. And that was a breeze, but that is a .NET Core, ASP.NET Core app running on a Linode. Pretty cool, this future we're living in. That's pretty cool because most of the APIs that I've seen have all been like JavaScript APIs, very web API, yeah, web they want to, <laughs> Yeah, they all want you to, to use their little functional services. So it's like Java or JavaScript. And I really just wasn't interested in that. I wanted to write um I wanted to write normal code, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I've talked to a lot of Xamarin's and they, they basically all want to do that. And I looked at yeah. um Clancy wrote this thing called Rosie. Uh, and it's his so first attempt at home automation, and he's genius. Yeah. He, he's the integrator. So wh whereas I was working on kind of the bot conversational UI, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Clancy was texting me even a while ago now. It might have even been a year. He's gone hog wild. He's, getting, he's doing the integrations. He's trying to get everything to talk to everything else all under his control. And should we say his name? It's actually James Clancy. James Clancy. Correct. James Clancy. 
James Clancy, and he's just Clancy on GitHub, and you can find it under Rosie, and we'll have a, a link in the show notes. But he has an Amazon Echo. He has Z-Wave device controls, which are like the controls around the house. Those are what I'm using for my lights, yep. Mm-hmm. And, his, and his idea was that he also has a Smart Things, which is kind of also a central hub. So I think that he wanted to run his own server that things talk to and then connected to other devices. So his Rosie service could then you know, talk to his Echo, talk to his, um, um, you know, Azure IoT and smart yeah, things if it wanted to. Yeah, I could never figure out if he, if he was trying to replace the hub or augment the hub, but either way, he's becoming kind of a hub. He's just trying to get everything to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem is think, as things get more fragmented, we need to come up with solutions like this that we can deploy. But at the same time, I don't want to deploy it to a Raspberry Pi. I'm just saying <laughs> sounds like a great Kickstarter idea. Well, th- that was actually my second excursion. I really um, I, I love the Amazon Echo, but my my handheld device is an iPhone and the iPhone talks home kit. So I was a little desperate to get home kit running in my house. Now, unfortunately, mm. I have the Wink Hub, and for some reason, they do not want to play with Apple. And uh, okay. Apple, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And Apple also doesn't talk Z-Wave, which is what all the cheap electronics talk. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, can, you so explain, can you explain? Can you explain HomeKit? Because to me, there's a home on my on my iPhone. There's a yes. Home app. There's which, a Home the, app. Yeah. But HomeKit is a kit that we can use as developers. I think. Uh, when I talk to Mike James, he's really into automation. H- HomeKit allows us as app developers to actually do automation inside of our app if people connect devices to the right. Home app. Is that correct? Yeah, so there's two sides to HomeKit. One is you're a device provider, so you build a thermostat or a light bulb or something, and you want it to be able to, to talk in a unified way to a network. And Apple mm-hmm. has, of course, their own silo, their own protocol, and it's called HomeKit. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how they distinguish that side, but whatever. It's HomeKit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then on the flip side, okay, so those are the device connections, but you actually want to get them to do something. They expose an API to developers, which is anyone. Mm. And those people, it's a pretty unified API. It's it's not bad. It's, it's not great. It's not bad. And Basically, you can control these devices using that API, given that you have HomeKit devices. So does that kind of mean then that all the stuff that I'm complaining about scripting, like it would give me, an if let's say all of my devices play nice with the Home mm. app and the HomeKit stuff, does that mean me as a developer, I could essentially create rich experiences easily? Because you know Apple's APIs are really nice. Um, they just talk, yeah, you know, the, there's a slight limitation because it's a mobile app and that you have uh, the trigger, the trigger problem is what I'm always thinking about. So you need to have data sources triggering things in your app so that your app can then tell HomeKit to do things. So maybe, um, time of day, like you said, or even just a scheduled event or something like that, turn the lights off in five minutes. Uh, you need a way for your app to get a notification. So in that case, you might like run a server or something like that. But if you're just looking for they have an app on the screen and want to do interesting things while it's on the screen, it's pretty much trivial. It's very easy to write that. Hmm, I like that. That sounds, that sounds like a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So Google doesn't have anything like that? Uh, no. I mean, I think, no. I mean, they they had <laughs> talked about 
doing, uh, man, what was a, a project Brillo? I think Brillo is, I want to say Brillo, Google Brillo. I'm going to Google it right now. I'm going to Google, Google Brillo. Um, okay. Well, yes. Well, while you're doing that, I'll tell about one fun little hack you can do. Uh, if you have a Raspberry Pi, there are some neat little Node modules, uh, Node.js modules that implement HomeKit. So what I've done is I've actually used my Raspberry Pi to bridge HomeKit to my Wink hub. So even though Wink, the company, does not want to play nice with Apple, you can get some uh, GitHub software. And if you're willing to compile it and dig through all the errors and get through it, you can actually uh, create a HomeKit device for all your devices that don't actually support HomeKit. The ah. really neat thing there is that it just exposes another API, of course, yet another API, and you can write your own devices very easily. So now all my other little Raspberry Pis or all my other little embedded devices, I can make those HomeKit devices trivially, very easily. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. So that's a fun, fun hack. It's totally worthwhile. Uh, just search GitHub, uh, HomeKit, Raspberry Pi, you'll find it. Put in the show notes. I always say I'm going to put it in the show notes and then I never, never do. I've been yeah. trying to get okay. Okay. So <laughs> Brillo and Weave, those are the two libraries um, from Google. And they announced these like two years ago, but nothing has ever happened. They have beautiful websites. Okay. Uh, funny and, names. Why, yeah. why two? <laughs> what do they do? Uh, so Brillo is, um, you can, br so Brillo, <laughs> Brillo is the OS that supports ARM, Intel x86, and MIPS-based okay. hardware. So this is what you put on Another the hardware. Another OS. Oh, God. It's already too much. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's based on Android, core services uh, built in, developer okay. kit, developer console, blah, sure, blah, blah. Sure. So okay. you're... It's a stripped-down version of Android, I'm assuming. Then there's Weave, which is the communication platform for IoT devices that enables device setup, phone device to cloud, and interaction with, okay. I guess, Brillo yeah. devices in a way. It seems complicated. So that's their HomeKit protocol, basically. Yeah, but they don't have any... Okay, there's no home app. There's no things. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay, all invite-only. So getting back to the beginning of the show, you bought the Google Home device. And so that just has a list of some supported hardware that you can attach to it. Yeah. So if I Google Google Home, um, let me see what it has. Google Home made by Google plugins. I like doing stuff. So there's features. So you can do things from like if this, then that. You can do stuff from mm -hmm. uh, smart things. Where are the integrations? See the features. Um, here we go. It, it's can pretty you search for a wink for me? Do it for me. Um, lazy internet. Services. Lazy podcast. Here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. So they support a whole bunch of built-in music services. They have smart home. So that's kind of the connected, which is Chromecast, if this and that, Nest, smart things, Philips Hughes, and that's it. Ooh, okay. But I think We're smart there, things. Five years from five years from now, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I think I think I think smart things can work with. No, smart things is the hub. So that's yeah. the thing. You have these hubs. There's like Wemo, yeah. Insty on smart things. So you got to pick one. Um, I've been told. You, I've been you, told you know, smart things. I, I'm sure. <laughs> That's I don't know anything about it. I can't comment on it because all you're really doing is buying a Z-Wave radio that happens to be connected to an Ethernet port. <laughs> and yeah, they give basically. them funny names and they write funny APIs to access them. But in the end, that's all. You're just buying a cheap radio. 
Yeah, my favorite is if you, I just sent you a link to um, the wider cutters reviews of best smart home uh, hubs. If you scroll down a little bit, there's literally this photo of like a hundred different devices on a table. Um, yeah, like if I was in a bad mood, I could build one of these. They're not that mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. C-Wave is a simple protocol. If anyone's interested out there, you can uh, go buy a software-defined radio off of Amazon for $15. I think Z-Wave is somewhere around 900 megahertz. And <laughs> start decoding it yourself. So you don't have to buy any of these hubs. And you could start controlling everything. What that would the, be the real hacker approach. Yeah, how do you feel about the security on these things, though? That's my next concern. Oh, what's that is, awesome you know. joke going around? Uh, the S is for security in IoT. <laughs> There's no security. <laughs> uh, so that joke, that was because um, an actual uh, devices that were actually on Ethernet got hacked. I think mm. a lot of these cheaper devices are on these wireless protocols that really don't have access to the internet except through the hub. So uh, those ones you don't have to worry so much about security with, especially once they're paired. They should be, I don't know. You, you, you can monitor people's houses, but <laughs> hopefully they won't take commands unless you're paired with it. Yeah. So I think what we need to kind of, as developer community, kind of rise up to to try to unify these things, try to say like, listen, it's it's more it's more than just okay dingus. It's more about these connected, these more these more connected experiences in a way. And then the cleaner we make that, the more connected they are, the easier it is to move data from one to the other for to have one trigger another, and the easier it is to write software against it where you're not. Um, forked into a, a hundred different APIs and dealing with that. Yeah. That's what's needed to get uh, developers more interested in it and in doing it. And I think once they start doing it, we'll start getting better apps that do it because they'll start writing uh, better UIs for the apps, hopefully. Yeah, that makes sense. I would like that. I think that that's my concern right now is that I'm not only just, um, you know, in a household just by myself, I'm, you know, in a household. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with Heather. And then we got to think about the security around that and security about like, can all my devices, you know, understand that there's two of us in the house and then can her devices talk to this thing. And that was my big problem with the Google home is that there, you can only connect to one account. It doesn't know about us. It only knows about a single person. I feel like that um, has to be the next feature. Like I'm completely expecting the echo Two to have that feature because it's just needed in a family. Once everyone's above five years old, everyone's going to have their own accounts. So yeah. Yeah. They seem it seems at this point. Yeah, I mean, I always talked about, so I used to do a lot of um, DVR recording, right? DVR recording is the, um, that's the, the original <laughs> the auto automation. How many movies do you watch? I watch a lot of Ballpark movies. in a day, 20, 30? No, 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 no. Just every once in a while I watch movies. But no, I TV recordings, right? Like TV okay. recordings. Sure. And you used to use Windows Media Center. It was amazing at automating all of your recordings and, um, I thought I thought when I think about software and I think about hardware, I think about the household approval factor, the half <laughs> household wow. approval factor. Did you make that up? <laughs> uh, well, some people will say the 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 uh, wife approval factor or the kid oh, approval factor. Right? I understand what yeah. you're saying now. So if, yeah, so if I put anything in my parents' house, it's the 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 POF, the parents' ap- approval factor. Gotcha. And that's where I think these devices and, and even the APIs that we have that we're having a whole discussion about this kind of falls down because 
there is no approval factor. Like for me, I don't even approve of it. Like I'm already <laughs> disappointed. Um, no, no. Especially after I just went off on that Raspberry Pi rant. Like who wants a Raspberry Pi with a bunch of wires sticking out of it? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, what my, my house is based on that. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then people, people that are building these devices. So if I say, okay, dingus and the dingus doesn't understand what I'm saying. Um, the, the problem now is that, is, is that, uh, Google will reply to me and it'll say, I can't understand that. I'm still trying to learn. That's what it says. <sighs> and I'm like, you're not trying to learn because an audible there's... Yeah, I really um, think the yeah. success of the Amazon's Echo, God, I, I'm really proud of us for not doing it yet. Um, the Echo is uh, just how well she, she recognizes voices. Sorry to anthropomorphize. Uh, she recognizes voices. It, I think... Remember early Siri and she would misunderstand you or say, I don't know how to do that. Anything like that. Also My current first, Siri. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> My first 20 interactions with the Amazon Echo did not go that way. She understood yeah. me. She responded. Yeah. It's, it's and, the quality matters. Yeah. The quality matters. So it's, it's if you, it, that, I've always found that in software too. So kind of bringing it back even to software is, if my apps can't do something or if something goes wrong, like tell me what can I do to possibly fix that? Is it me or is it is you? It, <laughs> is it me? Is it, it, is it the tool? I run in this problem often. I ran this problem a long time ago. There's something in Visual Studio where if just something didn't build correct, one of my Android projects, it, it would give me an error. I'm like, oh, I gotta go, gotta go thing on this thing and I go this thing and Little did I know that you could just double click the error and it would take you directly where you Ooh. needed to go. <laughs> Pro tip. You didn't know that. Oh, dang. That's um, a lot of I, scrolling. Because it wasn't to the code. It was actually to some like external, like something didn't download correctly. Mm, mm. And it would like open something else. But the problem is that for that instance, like I understand if there's an error in code, I double click on that. Then it takes me to the code segment that had a, an error, right? Compile error. Got it. But this wasn't a compile error. This was like something else went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and I double clicked it and then it would take me to whatever I needed to go. But it, like the Sounds error like message didn't tell me to double click it. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, uh, Xamarin Studio, you get used to it actually just taking you to the error. So when you get one of those configuration file errors, you're like, this is really tedious. I wonder if that works there now. You got me curious. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like, uh, tell me what to do next. Have that have that program back. So if that was one of my favorite features about the, um, the I think Logitech, I swear, they, they nailed it on the on the TV automation. If something goes wrong, there is a help button. Yeah, it, on the remote. It says it, help. It's very simple logic. When an error yeah. happens, you are going to distress the user. Simple as that. You are going to yeah. upset them because they were trying to do something and you're reporting an error. So at that point in time, yeah, you got to do everything you can to soften the blow <laughs> and yeah. help them out. And, and, and walk through. Let the, let the let the user the user wants to give you feel. They want to they want to ask, right? So when I hit the home button on my Logitech, it, it'll try to redo everything. And then it says, did that solve the problem? Yes or no. And you say no. And it says, is your TV on? Yes or no. <laughs> Can it says, you check? It, <laughs> Double check. Yeah. Yeah. Is it on? And then if you say no, it'll try to turn it on. It's like, did that solve the problem? Right. It's, it's very simple, like mm -hmm. logic tree. Yeah. And, and if you look at when something goes wrong, e even that instance, right, it, it goes, you know, oh, I couldn't... Con you know, let's say you get an exception when you make an HTTP call yeah. that that HTTP call 
some people will just catch it and then say, oh, you know, something went wrong. I cannot complete your request right now. Please try again later. Correct. But did you, in your app, you can check connectivity. Like, do you have connectivity? What was the error message? Was it from the server? Was it from your app? Was it something wrong input? Like, what was the error code that was coming? Was it a bad request? Was it malformed? You know, you know, try to give some context to an exception that we catch and then let the user respond to that. Let them fix the problem. If the, my favorite example is that you have a username and password field and then there's a login button. Why is that login button enabled if nothing has been entered? Like, you know, and then why would you even make the web request out if no one entered anything? It's just, I see this all the time. It's like, yeah, or or why are you gonna enable the button if um, I only type three characters, but you know the minimum is four? And then why don't you put on there that the minimum is four? That's my favorite, which is, I see this all the time. Like I'll have, I'll have special characters in my password Sure. And then I enter it and then it's wrong. But then it's because that website doesn't allow special characters. So it'll say incorrect passwords. But really what I want it to tell me is that there's illegal characters in this password. In general. You are cracking me up. <laughs> I think we have to do an entire episode now on uh, UI anti-patterns. It sounds like we could have a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. And it's kind of like bringing back, like uh, automating the, my mobile application to just like get proper feedback. I know we were talking about home sure. automation, but yeah. I like to bring it back to my oh, mobile I, app like, development. And I, I do want to make one small point. Going back to your little uh, walking you through fixing it, that's exactly what my uh, new Amazon Echo library will be really good at doing, is doing like phone tree kind of stuff and if statements and asking for feedback and that kind of thing. So I, I can't like wait to write yeah. phone tree stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do an episode like this maybe like once a year and then we'll, we'll just check in. Like, is your home automated yet? And we'll just update everyone. Yeah, I think so. Like uh, the, the, the 2017 Frank and James review of home automation. <laughs> Have we improved? Have we improved? The answer, no. And, uh, and and I'm sure that there's people that are like, that, that are thinking, James and Frank, you guys are idiots. Um, and oh. home automation is super really? simple and it's amazing. And let us know. Oh. That's fine. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Yeah, I would love to know because that's not what I found. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else you want to chime in with, Frank? Ah, no. Uh, Alexa, you're awesome. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dingus, I'm going to get out of here. This has been Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thank you for listening.